What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Zach, a.k.a. Mr. YLP himself, a.k.a. Future Me. Um, wanted to fill you in on um, why part one is in two little segments. Um, so what happened was when I recorded, I unfortunately at one point had to stop audio because uh, I was doing clothes and the dryer was just so fucking loud. And so I had stopped it. Uh, I I paused the recording of the opening segment that you're going to be hearing in today's episode of episode 268 of the YLP podcast. Uh, Again, I appreciate you uh, taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening to check out today's episode. Much appreciated. Appreciate you. Hope you're having a great day, by the way. Um, So I wanted to stop that. And so for some reason, the audio got into two parts. So it's a part one and a part 1.5. It's 38 minutes close to 38 minutes altogether um 32 minutes the first 32 minutes of the episode will be part one and then the last five minutes of the first segment is part 1.5 so i wanted to fill you guys in on that uh before you listen to today's episode and you're wondering why in the hell am i getting uh separate cut parts um of the first opening segment I, I can't do anything about it and i wasn't trying to redo the segment i pretty much still got all my points in to open the show so all is there, but I wanted to fill you guys in as to why today's episode, uh, the opening segment of the podcast, is a little bit different than normal. Other than that, guys, enjoy your weekend, and I'll see you guys right back this Tuesday for episode 269 of the YLP Podcast. Why Tuesday and not Monday? I explain why at the end of today's episode. Enjoy your weekend, guys. I'll see you soon. See ya! Wrestling fans of all ages, shapes, sizes, genders, and everything in between. It is time to go to war and be the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the revolution. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy. What's going on, everybody? This is Will Tarashek, the founder of the Kings of the Rings podcast. What's going on, guys? It is I, the one and only Quiet Riot himself, Zach, your host of the Young Lions Perspective. What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Greetings, one and all. This is your Prime Minister speaking, your favorite Canadian Mr. Fret. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Nate the Effing Great from the Game Changer Podcast. If you're looking for a network that keeps wrestling real, then you've come to the right place because you're listening to you are listening to you are listening to you are listening then you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening to what is going on, everybody. This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Now enjoy the show. Are you ready? Podcast team, welcome to episode 268 of the YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this Friday morning. So hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast, and as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. We have made it to the end of the work week. Congratulations, you have made it. 
and I hope you guys are enjoying your week so far. Well, I hope you guys are enjoying your day so far, I should say. Um, I'm doing quite well, thank you very much for asking. And um, yeah, it is quite exciting because of the fact that, yes, it is Friday. We have finished up another work week, and I hope your week was fantastic. I hope you guys uh, had a solid work week. If you haven't been working, I hope you've been doing your best to find work. Um, if you've been, you know, doing your thing, doing, doing your good thing, all the good things, then I hope everything has been well for you guys. Feeling great, feeling good. How are you? But yesterday is Friday. It is Friday, October 30th, 2020. And I know tomorrow is Halloween, and I hope you guys are going to celebrate your Halloween as best as you possibly can, given the fact that you guys going around, uh, like running around like a chicken with his egg cut off and whatnot. Yeah, 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 yeah. But y'all know it is Friday, and that means a brand spanking new episode of Light the Views, where I talk about this past week's episode of AEW Dynamite and break down the top five focal points that I took away from this week's episode to get you all, get your mind right for next week's go-home show before we get to full gear, and that should be an absolute dandy because of the fact that, ladies and gentlemen, we are literally, literally eight days away from full gear, the last pay-per-view of the calendar year for AEW, and that is, we are in exciting times. I, honestly, I'm not gonna lie to y'all, when, let's take it back a year ago, for you guys, uh, for you new noobs who are, uh, have been, uh, cracking with me for quite some time in 2020, for that, I appreciate you are all, on all the things around the world, but, um, let's go back a year ago, right? We were going into the first ever pay-per-view in all Elite Wrestling's history, and given the fact that, you know, there was excitement going around, it was just, it was the first month of, you know, AEW being completed, we are going into, you know, we are getting into the, you know, pay-per-view mode, the excitement was there, a lot of things were going down, Chris Jericho was holding the AEW World Championship, it, Chris Jericho's first pay-per-view title defense on, on uh, first pay-per-view ever, like, as a uh, promotion with uh, episodic tele- weekly episodic television, and now here we are one year later, and I think my excitement for Full Gear this time around, as opposed to last year's, is a bit, is honestly exponentially higher than what it was last year. Of course, we had the storyline with Cody Rhodes. And Chris Jericho, uh, Cody making the announcement that if he did not be Chris Jericho at full gear, he would never contend for the World Heavyweight World Championship ever again. We had that going. We had the, uh, I believe the finals. Uh, wait, was it the finals? No, we already had the finals of the tag team tournament. We're just coming off that. Um, we had Rio in her first title defense going up against Emi Sakura. The TNT Championship wasn't even thought of yet. Um, we were still building the tag team division. We were still building a main event scene. Um you know, MGF and Cody were still allies at this point. Um, and then that fateful night where MGF turned on Cody and started beginning uh, his, um, you know, rise to prominence in the main event scene of AEW. There's a lot going on. And, you know, I was really excited for it. I'm sure you were too, if you were, if you've been following um, AEW from the beginning, um, like I was. In terms of their episodic television, of course, you've been watching. Said you know earlier that year we had double or nothing the first uh, 
pay-per-view um, for AEW. Fighter Fest was crazy. Um, all out. Um, all in this time around. Um, was no, it was all out. I'm sorry. Um, you know, was, was you know they were just coming off their uh, you know with Hangman and Chris Jericho, the final uh, you know the AEW World Championship matchup, which was a banger. So we were really going into it. Um, the whole NXT deal they just started. Um, with their whole spiel, you know, their Wednesday Night Wars, um, to combat AEW's ratings. It was insane times, and we were really getting into the whole spiel, and I was like, wow, you know, this was really cool times. So now, as we've completed an actual full year with AEW, and now they're considered more than just a fucking t-shirt company, you goons, now we can see AEW is literally here to stay, and now we're going into the second go-around of Full Gear. This is the actual... For, I consider, honestly, this to be the year anniversary because of the fact that we are now going to the second go-around of pay-per-views. This is the true first anniversary to me. Um, yeah, we, of course, October 2nd will always be remembered as the uh, one-year anniversary of AEW, and that's perfectly fine. You're not hurting my feelings in that aspect whatsoever, but... In terms of pay-per-views, this is the one-year anniversary in terms of pay-per-views under, you know, now including AEW Dynamite as a weekly television show. So, this is fun times for me. Hope it is for you as well. And we are going to get into the top five points that I honestly believe you should take away from this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. So, let's get into it. I'm not, you know, let's, you know. Enough of me rambling about the intros and all that stuff. You came here for what you wanted to come here for, and that was what I had to say about this week's episode. So let us get into it. Starting off, of course, and I'm and I'm calling this episode a town hall that's worth watching. Why? Because we had the town hall um, on Wednesday night, and this was to determine whether or not Mr. and Mr. Maxwell Jacob Freeman would join the inner circle. And I got to say, this was a really cool segment. I really enjoyed it. All, 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 this is all fun. This is really, I I was thinking this was going to be the main event segment personally, but I'm glad they had it in the middle of the show, given the fact that Kenny Omega and Penta L zero M was going to be your main event of the evening to determine who would make it to the finals of the AEW world title eliminated tournament. And we're going to talk about that in the next segment. Um, Like I said, I got five points, but I want to do, I want to try it out. I'm going to try something new today. Um, we're going to do the first three, and then we're going to try the last two, and then, uh, of course, talk about the card they got for the go-home show next week. So we'll try it out, see how well it works, and we shall go from there. Let me know what you think, of course. Uh, any concerns, questions, comments, opinions, make sure you leave your boy a voice message over on anchor.fm slash Perspective, anchor.fm slash Radio. Leave a comment over on ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. Shout out to Will Terra Shook for putting this on to the thang thang. And, of course, leave your boy an email over at younglionsperspective at gmail.com. Hopefully, in the future, I'll be doing an episode where it's full-on emails uh, from you guys in the community. So, MJF versus Chris Jericho is officially happening, ladies and gentlemen. We have to wait no longer for that. MJF still wants to be in the inner circle, but he's going to have to earn it. If Mr. Fretz has anything to say about it, he could be gone to something. And if you guys remember a couple of weeks ago, Mr. Fretz uh, 
the newest full-time member of the Resolatic Radio family. And once again, congratulations to my boy for going on, for putting me put onto the squad. He asked me whether or not I believed MJF was trying to undermine Chris Jericho and take over leadership of the inner circle. Now, I actually replied, no. I do not believe he was trying to undermine Chris Jericho and join the inner circle. After what we saw, though, on Wednesday night, the possibility is there. I'm not saying full-on it's going to happen. I still do not think MJF is going to try to take over leadership of the inner circle. I really don't. But now, seeing what we're going to see, what we saw on Wednesday, it gives you the thought of maybe, maybe it could happen. Who knows? Let's get into what happened here. So we had Tony Schiavone and Dasha Gonzalez uh, moderating the entire event. Um, of course, Chris Jericho and Inner Circle make their entrance. MJF then makes his. Uh, they, uh, you know, Jericho and MJF take their seats, and Luchasaurus uh, actually brought began the questions. Uh, asking MJF, my question is for MJF. As a representative of dinosaurs and as a medieval historian, I understand the power of economics and creating change over time within societies. Considering then, MJF not having a master's degree like myself, how can you contribute to the earning potential and financial prosperity of the inner circle? MJF in true dick-like fashion saying, wow, give it up for Luchasaurus. Quick question, dinosaur, but luckily for everyone at home, I have the answer. He shows a screen of a graph showing the inner circle's earnings over the last year, pre-him. Very erratic, you know. But then he has the projected earnings post-him, straight arrow to the top. He said, I had all the top financial advisors help me with this. Sky's the limit, baby. Fans, of course, boo his answer. MJF saying it's simple math. Britt Baker then comes up with the next question, of course, Reba. Uh, Reba being, Rebel actually being a bit starstruck. Seeing Jericho saying he has a great smile and saying he's so handsome. Britt tells her to calm down the fangirling. But she says, I love MGF. He's great. But you don't have to be a dentist like me to see that he has a terrible track record with friends in AEW. My question to Chris, how does that make you feel? Jericho says she has a valid point. And I'm very aware of MGF's past. And I'm not a dipshit like Cody. So we're not letting... MJF into the inner circle's inner circle. He knows nothing about our strategies, plans, or secrets that we have. Besides, if MJF tries to turn on us, we'll knock his freaking teeth down his throat. And they start actually walking towards uh, MJF. MJF's like, whoa, whoa, calm down, calm down. This is exciting, you know. I'll never turn on any of you. We're only this great profession for the same reason, right? Money and championships. I promise all of you, together as one, I will get you a lot of green and a whole lot of gold. You know I'm right. So Jericho and the Inner Circle settle down. They back up. Peter Avalon comes up next asking, okay, look, I'm just going to shoot my shot. Can I join the Inner Circle? Everybody laughs their ass off. They're just like, hell no. Sit your ass down. But this is where shit got real. Tony Schiavone then states, up next is Eric B. Mr. Eric B. Out comes Mr. Bischoff. Eric thanks Tony for the intro and thanks Chris Jericho, esteemed members of the Inner Circle, and Mr. Freeman for letting me have this time. I have a three-pronged question, if you will. First, January 20th, 
1961. President JFK's inaugural address famously stated, ask not what your country, you can, I should usually know this, this is one of my favorite quotes, ask not what your country can do for you, but for what you can do for your country. Therefore, I ask MJF, what can you do for the inner circle? MJF states, that was a great question. And I can only give them this one word answer. Friendship. Fans boo again. MJF starts getting pissed. Eric then, you know, then ask him, given that most would consider you to be nearly a complete package as a wrestler, what is it that you believe the inner circle can do for you? MJF says, let me correct you there, Eric. I am not nearly a complete package. I am the complete package. Great second question. Guys, stop booing. I'm talking. While I'm the total package, I accept I have one dent in my armor. I'm not the best team player. But I firmly believe that once I join these great men, I can be. Eric then says, okay, one last question. MGF. As I've worked with Jericho for many years in the past, most would agree that Jericho is a bit of a prima donna. What? I never liked you. Jericho says, stop. Right there. Mr. Bischoff still has the floor. But he insulted me. Jericho, shut up. Everyone goes bananas over that. Chris Jericho's all for and shit. Eric, thanks, Shivani. Thank you. But to finish my third question, given that you, MJF, had the same prima donna characteristics. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now he starts getting his feelings. Tony says, let me finish. Let him, let him, let Eric finish. He asked, what is the guarantee that if you, if you do join the inner circle, you two just don't end up killing each other? MGF states, this is preposterous. The entire time I've been booed, throwing arrows at me like I'm Frankenstein's monster or something. I'm a good man. I came out here as a sign of respect and to leave a faith. Faith. Jericho's like, calm down. Answer the question. How are we supposed to know that you won't stab us in the back? Jericho, you can't be serious. How about you answer me a question? Dodging the question in true MJF fashion. Week after week, I've made it very clear. I check every box. I have done everything for you. Presence, great TV content, and friendship. And to top it off, last week... I gave you the greatest segment of your career and the world the best segment in the history of pro wrestling. This is your live segment, Mankind the Rock. Just going to put that out there. This is your life. Great shit. So I ask you, Christopher, what haven't I done? You haven't beat me. But I will give you that chance. At full gear, you and me, one-on-one. You win if you win. You're in the inner circle. You thought, MJF says to Jericho, this is the biggest opportunity of my life, so I won't take it for granted. I tell you now, man to man, I will do whatever it takes to win. I will do anything to win. Jericho says, I expect nothing less. No. Chris, you don't understand. I mean anything. Ortiz takes the mic from Jericho and says, shut up. All you do is run your mouth. There's no conversation needed. Sammy doesn't want you in. I don't want you in the inner circle. Santana's a bit in the middle because he likes the jacket. And Jake Hager's too busy getting ready for a fight. 
I don't believe for one second that just because Jericho is entertaining the idea that you have a shot at getting in with us. Because next week, myself and Ortiz versus you and Wardlow. And best believe, you won't even make it to full gear. Huh. So not only... And of course, I've been stating this for quite some time. MGF and Chris Jericho has to happen at full gear. There's no other way to no other way to see it. And now we're gonna get it. And thank goodness we're getting it. This card, I will say this right now. This card is fucking stacked. Top to bottom so far. We're getting a lot on November 7th. We're getting a lot next Saturday night. And next week's episode of, you know, Light the Fuse is gonna be probably one of the best episodes to date. Okay? Because given the fact that not only we get to talk about the go-home show for Light the Fuse next Friday, we also get the preview and predictions for Full Gear next week. I am quite excited for that. I am very excited for that. All right? And this is going to be wild. This is going to be a great episode of the podcast. One you definitely don't want to miss. So make sure you're here next week for episode, what will be, what, 270? of the podcast, and I'll explain why at the end of today's episode. But yeah, 270, it's going to be bonkers. It's going to be nuts, and I can't wait to actually have it down. But we got to continue on with the remainder of the show. But before we do that, of course, y'all know i got to pay the bills around here. Well, not really, but enough, but enough to know it suffices. Y'all know this segment of the show is brought to you by teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash Young-Lions-Perspective, all new revamped store. If I didn't tell you once, I'm going to tell you a million times because Black Friday is coming up soon. And y'all know holiday shopping is a pain in the dick. Or in the cooter. Doesn't matter. It sucks. You try to figure out, you know, all year what, you know, what your family wants, what your friends want, what your significant other wants, what the kids want. And it's a pain in the ass. Sometimes you do. You spend a little bit too much. Well, I'm going to hear, I'm here to make it easy for you. All right, Peppa? Um... Why not, head, why not take your, your wonderful self over to my Teespring store, get yourself some banging-ass YLP merch. Of course, if you live in the Northeast like I do, uh, it would be, it would, I would recommend you get, you know, some YLP t-shirts, uh, maybe some premium V-necks for the significant other, your missus or boyfriend tee for the missus, maybe some of those YLP leggings that she's been eyeing for a little bit. Hey, if your girl likes leggings, I guarantee you a nice little pair of YLP leggings fits the bill since she likes to do, do her yoga. You know, and plus, or she, you know, walk around, you can take a look at them. Fellas, I'm doing it for you. Ladies, y'all already know what time it is. Uh, and of course, you know, I got clothes for the young cubs, t-shirts, and kids and toddlers. You know, and of course, if you're looking for some accessories, you know, I got coffee mugs on deck for that coffee drinker in your life. Uh, tapestries, beach towels, organic tote bags, socks. I know grandma's favorite, grandma's favorite thing to give you is socks. It was for me when I was a kid. YLP socks, I think, would fit the bill. And all the other stuff. Of course, make sure you check out, you know, get the uh, face mask as well. Um, of course, y'all know we here at WrestleMania Radio do support a great cause, like we did with the Trevor Project back in June. And we are still doing our, you know, due diligence with that. Every sale of the YLP face mask. A dollar of the sale will go to a nonprofit to help children in need to prevent hunger across not only the United States and around the world. Most 
my, I got, like I always say, I'm an uncle of three, two nieces and a nephew. I know where the next meal is coming from. Okay, I do. But some kids around the world, at least especially across the United States, especially with COVID going on right now, do not know where the next meal is coming from. Schools out there usually provide breakfast for um, the children. And right now, most schools are having virtual learning. So unfortunately, those schools aren't able to provide a nutritious breakfast for the kids. And that kind of messes with their, uh, you know, their mental state of mind and kind of feel it has kids feeling sluggish uh, throughout their day. A good, a good breakfast really does go a long way. Trust me, I know. Um, that's why they always say make sure you eat a good, a good nutritious breakfast because it will help your cause. And, you know, again, there's kids out there that aren't going to, that don't really know where their next meal is coming from. And we here at WrestleAddict Radio, you know, support that. So, like I said, with every sale of the face mask, $14.99 over at teespring.com forward slash store sports slash young dash nine stats perspective, a dollar from every sale will go to a, a nonprofit to help those children in need. So make sure you help those in need and bring your booty over to teespring.com forward slash store sports slash Y young dash lions dash perspective. Get yourself some merch and make your Black Friday Christmas shopping that much easier on yourself. Let's get back into the top five focal points from this week. I guess the Young Bucks forgot what the hell happened to Cody last year around the same time when he was challenging Chris Jericho for the AEW World Championship. And I spoke about this earlier in the intro of the show. Ah, They never learn. Last year, Cody unfortunately found out what happened? And for some reason, for some reason, uh, they, don't, they don't learn. They never learn. So Excalibur, of course, is conducting an interview with FTR and the Young Bucks ahead of their tag team championship match that Saturday night. Of course, he begins the questioning with, you know, how is your ankle, Matt? Doc says a severe sprain and a tubular contusion, but he says I'm fine. Nick Nick wants Matt to be a bit more honest, but Matt says, this match has been brewing for years now. You think this little injury will keep me out of the match? Nick says, you can't even play with your kids at home. Matt tells Nick, you can carry me to the ring because I'm not missing full gear. Which leads to the next question. Why would FTR jeopardize this matchup happening? The one fans have always wanted by doing something like this. Dak states, myself and Cash aren't afraid of backlash. This match is a dream match. But that's not what we care about. We care about being AEW World Tag Team Champions. On November 7th at Full Gear, whoever walks out, the AEW World Tag Team Champions have some, will have cemented their legacies as the best tag team in wrestling. Excalibur then notes, he's known the I've known the Bucks for years. FCR interrupts is saying that's the only reason Excalibur has a job here. I was like, ooh, don't be throwing digs now. Excalibur stays professional and says, due to the buck, you know, your recent behavior, referring to the Bucks, and the eyes of some in the locker room was karma. Matt and Nick state that, you know, we like to think ourselves as regular good people. And sometimes even good people do bad things. Do we regret doing the things we've done? How they've been out of character recently? We're not proud of what we've done. I can't say I regret it. Excuse me. For the last year, we've been suffering. I realized there's something missing, a spark, an edge. Something that, you know, we couldn't quite place. And in the moment, 
these pricks right here started screwing with our livelihood and manipulating our friends. It was just, boom. Something changed for us. That killer instinct returned. The old bucks are back. Will this be the cause of our own undoing? Maybe. Matt states, I'm not even sure I like the way I feel. Nick says the same thing, but FTR, you better be ready. Excalibur then asks Nick how he really feels about that. FTR interrupts again, saying, enough about the Bucks. Talk more to us, the champions. Well, we get it. You don't expect, you know, you don't need us for this interview, right? You don't deserve FTR. So we'll see you at full gear. Excalibur says, you know, we wanted to ask you, Nick, about how there's more to lose than just championships. Yes, the stipulation Matt just thought of. Nick states, I can't decide if I'm for or against it. Matt, go ahead and tell the world. He says, two self-made brothers, two poor kids from Southern California. Nothing was ever handed to us. We built our own ring and taught ourselves how to wrestle. That was our college education. Every success was because they we bet on ourselves. You were there for the Excalibur, so you know. Our backs were against the walls, and we always found a way. That's why, full gear, it's all on the line. If we do not win the AEW World Tag Team Championships this time, we will never challenge for those titles again. Big balls. Big balls, Pimpin. That's good. You know, I don't want to say lightning will strike twice for the elite. Given the fact that Cody did the same thing last year and did not come home with the title. But I think it's better off that way, given the fact that right now he is the current reigning and defending TNT champion going into full gear. We'll talk about that later on in today's episode. But I have to say, again, this is ballsy. Quite ballsy, sir. Matt and Nick. Lose, never get a shot at the World Tag Team Championships again. Win, you're the new AEW World Tag Team Champions. Now, I said on Twitter, this may have made my prediction that much easier to make. But I'm not sure. And I'm still not sure. I have a week to figure it out. I'm going to go back and forth, and we'll see what happens in the go-home show next Wednesday. But that is a very, very bold statement to make, considering the fact that you're putting everything on the line. One of the most decorated tag teams in the history of tag team wrestling, period. I just want to lay out a bit of what they have done. Former PWG World Tag Team Champions. Had one of the bloodiest matches in tag team history with Candice, with world's cutest tag team, the team of Candice LeRae and Joey Ryan. Thumbtacks, anyone? I'm sure some of y'all do remember that moment. Candice LeRae does quite well. Multiple-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. And some of the best tag team title bouts I've seen in the Junior Tag Division. Hands down. And they were, in, of course, in battles with uh, current Undisputed Era members, former Red Dragon, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly. And speaking of those two, they were also battling them for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. And they were holding those at the same exact time, at least on multiple occasions. Former IWGP heavyweight tag team champions. 
former team, former team of Generation Mid. Unfortunately, never won the uh, TNA World Tag Team Championships over there. But they were a prominent team back in its heyday in the early 2000s. One of the most prominent tag teams of our generation right now. And they're putting everything on the line. If you lose, we'll never compete for those titles ever again. Ever. Hard bargain. Hard bargain. We'll see how it... Bold we'll, move, we'll see how it turns out. See how this works. See if this works out for him. But yeah, it's very ballsy. We'll see how we'll see what goes down uh, next Saturday night. But we'll also see what happens on the Go Home Show this Wednesday. And to end this this beginning segment of the podcast, it's going to hit a point where Wardlow is going to turn on MJF, and he won't give a damn when he does. Seems to me that MGF has more problems than he bargained for. Not only is he trying to become a member of the inner circle, he may be causing a bit of a rift between him and his, uh, I guess you can say, bodyguard? Anywho, show started off before Wardlow's match with Hangman Page in the AEW World Title Elimination uh, Eliminator Tournament semifinals, and we'll discuss the matches in the next segment. But Dasha begins the show interviewing uh, Wardlow, you know, asking, you know, pointing out if Wardlow, if you win the AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament, you could possibly become the AEW World Champion. How do you feel about that? MJF starts the question before Wardlow even starts to answer. He says, let me stop right there to set something straight. I'm proud of Wardlow and all he will accomplish by after defeating one of the great stars in AEW and Hangman Page. But if Wardlow wins and becomes the champion, I become champion because Wardlow is under contract to me. That means anything Wardlow owns, I own. Right, Wardlow? Yeah, sure. Sammy Guevara comes by and says, wow, what a nice way to talk to people, Max. MJF saying, hey, little buddy, what are you doing here? Nice jacket. Don't cut the crap. MJF, screw your jacket. I'm not your friend or your buddy. And tonight, I make sure you never join the inner circle. Wardlow's trying to, you know, about to, step, about to get in stance mode. MJF, whoa, 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 stand down. Back up, back up. Prepare for your match. Hey, little guy, where's all this still hostility coming from? We're pals. I was gonna, let me give you some advice. That attack you had on Matt Hardy last week? Very nice. But I have a note for your promos. Don't. Sammy looks like he's feeling some type of way. Oh, what's the matter? The guy who looks like he sells Adderall to middle schoolers is upset? Oh, no. Oh, no. What are you going to do about it? Are you deaf? No. I'm thinking about all the things I will do about it. MJF backs away. And goes to accompany Wardlow to open up AEW Dynamite. Seems to me this is a two-pronged attack that MGF is not prepared for. And I'm factoring all of this in my decision when it comes to MGF versus Chris Jericho. And I'll tell you why. We've noticed the past few months that MGF and Wardlow have actually been, I wouldn't say at odds with each other, but they are 
there's underlying tension there. And sorry about that. I had to turn up the dryer. My apologies if that uh, bothered you throughout the uh, beginning of the segment. My apologies. I had to dry off my jacket. I'm sorry. Mianhe. Mianhe. Lo siento. But there has been a lot of underlying heat between these two. I would even say going as far back as All Out. When MGF was challenging John Moxley for the AEW World Championship. Even then, Wardlow and MGF had a bit of tension. They kept it at the pass. MGF competed, unfortunately lost to John Moxley in his attempt to become AEW World Champion. And now here we are. You know, eight nights away from one of the biggest matches of 2020. And man, oh man, dare I say it, I don't, I don't know if maybe Wardlow's intentions are to ensure that MGF becomes the newest member of the inner circle, considering the fact that he does have beef, a little bit of beef with uh, Mr. Hager. I have that weird sinking feeling, and this is just this is this is what I do when I'm at work all day. When I'm thinking of right, because I do, I literally, in terms of predictions, I'm already thinking of like, you know, booking decisions in my head of what they could possibly do throughout, you know, what they, you know, what they, what I try to do in terms of my uh, predictions is try to make, is try to not only beat them at their own game, but actually try to match them at their own terms of trying to figure out their booking decisions. Sometimes I get it right, sometimes I get it wrong. It be like that sometimes and nobody's perfect. Unless you unless you're just a good motherfucker like that and you're solid. But my thought process, I have two right now. MJF gets the help of Wardlow to become the newest member of the inner circle. But the thing is though, my thought process then goes to if MGF could become the newest member of the inner circle does Wardlow get added in, or does MJF leave Wardlow behind? That is my first thought. The second thought I have is if, you know, MJF during the match asked for Wardlow's help, and he may have antagonized him earlier in the matchup and pissed him off to the point where MJF gets screwed over by Wardlow and Jericho beats MJF, thus screwing MGF out of becoming the newest member of the inner circle. Wardlow and MGF have a bit of a feud. Wardlow becomes his own man and all that good stuff in between, which is kind of what we want, which is what I'm leaning towards at this very moment, but it's not going to be definitive until Friday Friday morning. And I'm sorry, the washer's a bit loud. Forgive me. If you're in the background, I'm trying to do my best. If you talk, no. Keep that going, but seriously, that that's kind of where my head's at. For the most part, you know, it's either one of those two decisions. What will what what is AEW thinking of possibly doing? You know, and it's to me right now, it comes down to those one of those two decisions. Either one could create a great story. That's not even that much of an issue. It's a matter of what is the best decision to make and what storyline benefits all parties involved. That's that's what kind of I'm kind of leading towards. 
that's where my head's at right now, and I'm still going to weigh my decision on that. It, maybe, you know, Wednesday night's upcoming episode of AEW Dynamite will finalize my decision in terms of my prediction for this particular matchup, but Wardlow, for the remainder of the year, is definitely going to be caught between a rock and a hard place by either helping the cause for MJF or finally becoming his own man and breaking out on his own. That's kind of where my head's at, and that's kind of something you should keep your eye on, too. Uh, in terms of this matchup, you know, Wardlow can help the cause for MJF, but will he be will he be able to be part of the team, or or get screwed out of it, or he screws over MJF and then he and MJF are at odds? Something to keep your eye on as we go into the next few days, heading into the go home show for AEW Dynamite. So we're gonna you know we're gonna put the kibosh on this segment here. When we come back, I got the remaining two focal points you should keep your eye on going into next week's go-home show for AEW Dynamite. And we're also going to talk about the card for next week's episode of AEW Dynamite for episode 268 of the YLP Podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. What's up, guys? This is Mance Chapel, the Monday Night Delight, and you're listening to the Young Lions Perspective only on Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. of the YLP Podcast continuing on with our episode of Light the Views. And of course, before we get into this segment of the program, this segment is brought to you by our Patreon over on Patreon.com forward slash Wrestle Addict Radio. And of course, as y'all know, 17 cents a day doesn't get you the best economy nowadays. It doesn't you as much as a thing of Bazooka Joe Bubblegum. And that's facts. Cost you a quarter. Last time I checked, at least. But for 17 cents over on the Patreon side, you can get a lot more than you bargained for. Such as being able to be part of an exclusive group chat. Exclusivity is the name of the game nowadays for some reason. But hey, you can be part of an exclusive group chat where you can talk to patrons such as the homie, my UK brother from another mother, Jermaine Lang, the Vita, one and only Slack. Freckles might pop in there, our, the intern of the King's Rings podcast, adorable, and, and a very good conversation, fantastic. Um, also, Wayne Ilsen, aka Quarantine J, and all the other members of the Patreon family, we appreciate your patronage, love, and support as always. Tell a friend to tell a friend to join us, please. Greatly appreciate it. Also, you'll be able to listen to shows that you won't normally hear on regular WrestleMania radio programming, shows such as Love and War, hosted by Kate Murphy and King Ricky Rose. Versus Fade 5, for the time being, on Patreon. Hosted by Mr. Freds. And of course, yours truly has the Secret Files podcast where you won't know the topic until you press play. I, will, I do have something planned 
for the month of November. And I will say, uh, if you know the November pay-per-views, I believe this should be a very easy topic to figure out. And this is going to be a fun one. One I've had for quite some time. I was going to do one for October, but there's a lot going on. I was going to do one for the draft, but I was pretty much going to say a lot of curse words. And I wasn't going to have time for that. So, I put the kibosh on that. But November's coming up, and I do have one topic in mind. And it should be a very, very good one, and I have a lot of thoughts on it as well. So, look forward to that to all our patrons there. And I would like you to join the Patreon family uh, to be able to listen to this particular episode of the podcast. Uh, also, if you have that, also we have uh, my la- latest episode of the podcast where I had uh, one of my actual guests on there. Uh, I would like to reveal who it is, but I'll let that episode speak for itself, and that should be coming out very, very soon um, in the near future. It's a very good episode uh, with a very good person that I actually enjoyed having this one with. Um, he was the first guest of the Super Files podcast, and uh, it was a very, very good time. We had a great conversation. And uh, we're going to let that one go. I'm probably going to let that one go happen very, very soon. Uh, sooner than you think, for sure. Absolutely. Um, I had the blessing of this person to actually release it. So it's all good and ready to go whenever I decide to actually put it out. But I think the kicker, the biggest kicker is, how about an exclusive code that will get you 15% off every single time you check out at any of the of the Wrestle Addict Radio Teespring stores, including the original War Collection, the Pride Collection that we still have ongoing, my collection, the YLP Collection, the HBIC, Fretzelmania, and the Delight Podcast, the Delight Collection as well. Any of those. And, it's, and like I said, if you, this, this is why I say Black Friday, trust me when I tell you, you're going to want to get in on this with Patreon. Not only 17 cents a day you'll be paying for it, but you get an exclusive code, 15% off every single time you check out. You can check out all Black Friday weekend using that code, and you'll be able to save 15% off every time you check out. So not only this is a twofer. Become a member of Patreon and use the code on our Teespring store to be able to get your Black Friday shopping. And on top of that, you save money. Who doesn't like saving money? I know I like saving money. Hey, I go on vacations about two, three times a year. I want to make sure I have some money. And what better way to save some money than being part of Patreon and then getting yourself some uh, swaggy merch. Get to go to the YLP, YLP collection, get yourself some swanky-ass merch. Black Friday, get all that good stuff. Telling you, thank me later. You're welcome. And of course, also, I didn't say this in the Teespring segment. Um, if you, if you, if and when you do get some YLP merch, make sure you when you're on your Twitter, tag your boy in it at YL Perspective on my Twitter, or at Young underscore Lions underscore Perspective. And if you're okay with us showing off the merch, we will be happy to show off your stuff on hashtag Fashion Friday. So not even that, not even that. More incentive to actually want to get the uh, merch, because then you'll get your 15 minutes of fame on our Twitter pages. Win-win for all of us across the board, I promise you. So I guess 17 cents a day... It's one hell of a bargain now, isn't it? 17 cents a day, according to $5 a month, gets you all of that access and more when you become a member of the Patreon family over at patreon.com forward slash WrestleAddictRadio. Do consider becoming a member today. Let us get into the final two points of this week's episode of Light the Fuse. 
and talk about next week's card, the go-home show for AEW Dynamite. Both semifinal matches in the AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament definitely hit their marks. We're getting the very obvious final between Kenny Omega and Hangman Page at Full Gear next Saturday night. But AEW made sure that both Kenny Omega and Hangman Page earn their spots in the final. I said last week that stylistically, this was before the Ray Phoenix uh, forfeiture of his spot over to Penta L0M. I said stylistically, both matches are perfect for Hangman and Kenny. I said it off rip, and you can go back to last episode and check it out. Not bullshitting here, nor am I being a dick. I said stylistically, both matches work well for both men. Hangman and Wardlow was fantastic. I say this was the right choice for the opener. Hands down, this was the perfect, this is the right call for the opener because it's a it's a match that's hot. And not, not only that, they had the segment prior to with uh, MJF answering the question for Wardlow, and then Sammy Guevara getting in the face of MJF and letting him know was really good. So we got a twofer out of that. We got a very solid opener between um, Hangman and Wardlow, and we got a segment leading to more of dissension between MJF and the Inner Circle members. That is a win-win for you and I. Okay? That is fantastic. And the match itself was was big lads wrestling at its finest, all right? Hangman Page did his thing against Wardlow. Wardlow came to play. From off-rip, bell rang. Hangman hit a shotgun drop kick. That's when it was on at that point. They were throwing hammers at each other. They were throwing the everything and the kitchen sink at each other. Planches, lariatos, spears. Wardlow running into this... Uh, into the barriers after he speared him. Um, you know, power slams, power bombs, hanging arm bars, swantons, Wardlow over the swanton, super moon salts, German suplexes. This was crazy. This was a fantastic um, matchup to kick off the show. Super fallaway slams, F10s. I mean, this this honestly had everything you wanted. In a semifinal matchup with two big boys. Okay? Now, here's what I love the most. Here's what I really did appreciate about this matchup. It took two buckshot lariats to ensure victory for Hangman Page. I think that shows that AEW really, in a way, wants to protect Wardlow. If they did just one, people were thinking, wow, it took one buckshot Larry to get rid of Wardlow? That's crazy. Now, it would boost Hangman heavy, but it would make Wardlow look kind of weak in the end. Hence why they had the second one happen. If they protected Wardlow, they are setting up Wardlow for a big 2021. That's just me from the way I see it from my standpoint, from my point of view. I really do think they're really setting up Wardlow to have a solid remainder of 2020 and then being able to 
have a standout 2021. Wardlow's been on my radar for quite some time, ever since he came into AEW. Now, a lot of people would have said he fell off a little bit after that steel cage match against Cody, but I, you know what? At the time, it made sense to do it. Wardlow had to take the L on that one, and it was worth it because of the storyline that they had going on with MJF, you know, ensuring that Cody was able to get the revolution and face MJF. So in that case, it was perfectly fine for Cody to beat Wardlow because he had to in order to face MJF. Now, the rest of Wardlow's year, up to this point, ever since that cage match, he hadn't lost. Not once. He was on a streak, a big streak, before he lost to Hangman on Sat on oh, Saturday. Uh, on Wednesday, my apologies. I beg your pardon. Um, this was absolutely perfect. This was what we needed to see for Wardlow. Hangman, of course, got the victory. Two buckshots, two buckshot lariats. But again, it shows that Wardlow is getting set up to have a banner 2021. Again, like I said, if it was one buckshot lariat, Wardlow would look a little bit weak going into the remainder of the year. But the fact that they had him get hit with two in order to be hit for him to be taken out, that shows that AEW is kind of protecting Wardlow and setting him up to have a big 2021. I'm telling you, if, if you're not a fan of Wardlow now, the rest of 2020 should be a very good um, indicator of what, they're, what they see in Wardlow. And I think 2021, once he gets away from MJF, once he breaks away from MJF, because that's inevitable at this point now, especially with what we saw at the beginning of Wednesday night show, Wardlow is going to be a big fucking deal. I mean, competing for championships, competing in some high-profile matchups, going on another streak. I guarantee you it won't take long for him to get back on, back on another winning streak and start challenging for the, like, no, for the AEW uh, TNT Championship, possibly challenge uh, Brian Cage for the FTW World Championship at some point, give it, if Brian Cage remains FTW World Champion. Feel me? Um, he, can, he can make himself a big name and a mainstay in the main event scene once he breaks away from MJF. It's inevitable at this point. You know it, and I know it as well. It's inevitable that MJF and Wardlow are going to be broken up. It's just a matter of when they decide to pull the trigger. So that's the key with that one, okay? On the other side of things, with Kenny Omega and Penta L0M, we know what happened with the uh, with Ray Phoenix. Um, Kingston pretty much said on the social uh, media exclusive, so for all you noobs, you bum-bums out there, who tried to uh, get the scoop on that, um, you can go fuck yourself. Oh, baby, baby. Fuck yourself. Ooh. Yeah. You're going, yeah, you better keep that part, too. You're probably like, this motherfucker's stupid. That's what fuck Um. So, we had, and this was actually a banger. Um. So, we had Kingston, Phoenix, of course, Phoenix was injured. And this was legitimate. Um, Phoenix get had to forfeit his spot to Penta L0M, his own brother, with the notion that 
Penta was going to beat Kenny, and that Kingston was going to beat Moxley next Saturday night in the I Quit match for the AEW World Championship. And they would face each other. The premise that they would face each other for the World Championship and Eddie Kingston would face his best friend. Now, that didn't happen at all. Whatsoever. Omega beat uh, Penta. But here's a highlight of the, of the match that I actually saw. And, and if you guys follow the WrestleJoy family um, and two people that I follow on Twitter... Um, Phoenix at Phoenix AEW and at Andy Nemedy, who now follow, who's both follow me on Twitter now, which I am greatly appreciative. Andy, what took you so long, sir? Thought we were cooler than that. No, I'm kidding, dude. Um, I love that the fact I love their prologue that Justin Roberts has done the last two weeks. Um, last week's was, of course, his accolades. Uh, PW uh, PWI top 500. Uh, I think it was number one in 2018. All of his accomplishments over across the board during his career. This one in particular was really cool. So the, this is the prologue. Please report has said over and over again this year that Omega has risen to the occasion. Vice calls Omega the hottest thing in the world of wrestling. ESPN has said Omega is a special kind of performer. Sports Illustrated says no one can capture our audience's attention quite like Omega. But here was the big one. Russell Joy has described Omega as a genius. What is so significant about that is that Andy Nemity and Phoenix AEW on um, on Twitter, Amy and Andy, they're part of WrestleJoy. So they were, and I saw their uh, their Twitter feed. They were getting blown up with messages saying, you know, things like "We saw you." They talked about they said WrestleJoy. They talked about WrestleJoy. Blah blah blah. Audience in the third. Andy, I believe, as I saw earlier. Um, is still receiving messages and responding as best as he can. So if you guys hit up Andy Nemity or if you hit up Amy on WrestleJoy or WrestleJoy in general, uh, take it's going to take some time for them to respond. So relax, it's okay. Uh, but uh, to both of those, both of those two, and to WrestleJoy, um, that was a big deal for you guys. And I know you guys are getting blown the fuck up right now. So I am quite excited for you guys and congratulations on all that love you guys are getting. But they'll continue on by saying. Last word, of sport, last word on sports says, has said Omega is a legend. He is internationally held as a trailblazer by media outlets around the world. He has an old high school buddy that currently resides in North Carolina. This is Kenny Omega. Bring out the cleaner girls, a.k.a. now known as the Sweepers. Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. Thumbs up. Both wearing Lucha Bros masks. Doing a little bit more elaborate dancing, uh, Omega gets his entrance. Uh, it has a little bit more of a, a more of a swagger in his step, pyro, all that stuff. And of course, this was the, this was the All In rematch from 2018, and we all know that match um, was fire. By the way, fire. And if you don't remember that match, go back and find All In. Watch that particular match. Fire, fire. Okay. I believe that made my honorable mentions of 2018. If I'm not mistaken. If I had if I did an honorable mentions for 2018 uh with the podcast. Kenny Omega's a troll. <laughs> I'm just gonna put that out there. He's a troll. And why I say that is because they tie up. Omega gets the headlock thrashing Pentagon. Penta gets out of it. Penta drops. Uh Omega walking all over him. Fans are torn on the swagger. 
Uh, Panda hates it. He shoves Omega. Omega shoves him back. Omega backs off. He's like, whoa, 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 my bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But what he does is he lifts up his shirt to reveal that he's wearing the AAA Mega Championship. You know, the one that he beat Ray Phoenix for. 376 days. Actually, today would be, it would be 378 days ago. 378 days ago, Omega beat Phoenix for the AAA Mega Championship. Fun fact, by the way, when I looked up when I looked this up in Cage Match, Phoenix actually beat Jeff Jarrett to become the AAA Mega Champion. So that's kind of pretty cool. Um, that's a pretty cool uh, thing. Of course, uh, John Morrison is a former AAA Mega Champion as well. Also, a fun fact for you guys: look it up. It's legit. So yeah, so Phoenix was gonna feel some type of way knowing that he was the man who lost his belt. That's the man who he took his belt away from him 378 days ago. Trust me, if someone took something of yours in terms of championships and rubbed it in your face, you would feel some type of way too. This matchup was just as good as their matchup in 2018. I was very happy with the result. I mean, with everything they had, um, just from beginning to end, this was a fun match. I mean, every time you see Penta in the, in the ring, you know you're going to get some good action. And when you pair him up with Kenny, holy shit, you're going to get fire like that. It's it's too easy. And they make it too easy. You know, there's some, like, I've always, like I always say, you, you know when two guys have solid chemistry across the board. Kenny and Kazuchika Okada. The Young Bucks and Red Dragon. You know. I was about to say Randy Orton and Roman Reigns, but that was boo-boo. Um, Randy and his uh, cousin right now. Solid chemistry. They family. It'd be like that. Sasha Banks and Bailey are two that I really could say they were, they have great chemistry together. You know, you know, a good solid pairing when you see it in the ring, Randy Orton and Undertaker, I think in 2005 was really good chemistry, really solid chemistry across the board. If you guys haven't seen the untold uh, episode that followed, uh, hell in the cell, um, you, I was, I would say, go out of your way to watch that because that was a well, well done documentary. Um, from the beginning when Randy Orton was talking, well, I'm not, I'm not going to get into it. Um, I would say go watch it for yourself, but I will say it is one hell of a story that both of them told and to have them tell it from their point of view, it was great. And Randy Orton, I will say this, learned a big lesson a very, very big lesson during his feud with The Undertaker in 05. One big lesson that I think all wrestlers probably understand, but it's something to reiterate. And, you know, it's something that, you know, that that really stuck with me. Without that, like, really, really, like, I will say, I'll put it this way. He fucked up royally at one point um, during his feud with The Undertaker. And, Trust me, that was also a lesson he didn't forget. But it, it also tied into the lesson that he learned. Big time with this. So, I would say go out of your way to watch that. But the chemistry these two had, and still have in this match, is just... You just know when, when you see it. Penta and Omega tore the house down in the mega event. In the main event. They really, really, really did their job. This was one of those, put your cell phone down, grab the popcorn, get a drink, and enjoy that shit. This has ultimate replay value across the board, big time. If you really enjoy 
you know, the type of action Kenny Omega brings to the table, and you like Pentagon Jr., because you, we still call him Pentagon Jr. sometimes here around the uh, in the YLP universe, this, the, I would say this matchup actually was better than their matchup in 2018 at All In. This was just fan-fucking-tastic. It, it, I wouldn't say it's a dream match for me personally, but it's a matchup that I could. I was surprised that they were going to do. Given the fact, unfortunately, that Phoenix had injuries, uh, it would have been a matchup for the AAA. Uh, they could have, if they were going to do it, I would have thought not only would the semifinal have Phoenix versus Omega, Omega could have put the AAA Mega Championship on the line. If AAA was, of course, okay with that actually happening. I mean, a lot of people were saying that they were bummed out that, you know, Omega is the AAA Mega Champion. Why weren't they having him come out with the belt? I would say personally, it's more focused because they were more focused on making sure he, he was recognized as the AEW World Tag Team Champion than anything else that didn't want to take away from the team itself. So that's why I probably, that's why I think they probably did that instead of having Kenny come out with two belts. So I think that's the reason why they did that. But both semifinal matches, they both, they really both had to earn this one. And we got two good matches out of it. Great bookends for the show in and of itself, and a good portion of stuff in the middle to really keep this, the uh, show flowing with a good flow, and then two and bookended by really and two by two semifinal matches for the AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament. Can't, couldn't get any better than that. And my final focal point from this past week for AEW Dynamite. I really didn't give much of a damn about the Lumberjack match between Cody and Orange Cassidy. But I know for a fact that Cody versus Darby Allen is going to be a banger of a match next Saturday night. Pretty much, and I even said this on Twitter on Wednesday night, typical Lumberjack match across the board. Um, You got your, you know, Cody shoving Trent, uh, Heels getting into it with the baby faces, fight on the outside while the match was going on, blah, blah, blah. John Silver hitting a pump kick on Orange Cassidy to screw him over and screw him out of a chance of becoming TNT champion, um, which allowed Cody to hit uh, Crossroads, get the one, two, three, and we get out of here. Here's my thing, though. I'm not worried about the, the Lumberjack match. That was your typical Lumberjack match. You've seen one, you've pretty much seen them all. Typical across the board, status quo, not even an issue, all right? But I can't wait to see Darby Allen versus Cody. I cannot wait to see this matchup. I know what both men are capable of. I know what they can do in the ring. Now, if I remember correctly, they faced each other before, and I think Cody got that victory off Darby, if I'm not mistaken. Now, I could be wrong and let me know if I am. But Cody's been on a bit of a roll ever since he regained the TNT championship. Um, But I think Darby has a lot to say in terms of becoming TNT champion. And I think he's putting a lot of work to be able to get in this position and possibly become a champion for the first time in his AEW career. Okay. This would be a grand opportunity for... Darby to have 
You know, I don't think, if I remember correctly, he wasn't on the card last year for a full gear. If I'm not mistaken, he wasn't on the card. And if he was, it was probably a look. I think it was. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. I don't think he was. Hold on. We're going to check that real quick because full gear. If I could spell 2019. Let's see who was on the card. Proud and powerful young bucks. Uh, Amen. Uh, Adam Page versus Pac. Oh, the house fire. Uh, Sean Spears versus Joey Janela. Da, da, da. So, okay, uh, SCU versus the Lucha Bros and Private Party. Let me see here. Rio versus Emi Sakura, of course. Jericho and Cody. Yeah, he wasn't even... Yeah, and um, Moxley and Omega in the uh, Unsanctioned Lights Out match. He wasn't on the card last year. Darby wasn't even on the card last year. And now all of a sudden, he gets to be on the card for 2020. That shows that Darby Allen put in the work in order to get in on this card. And now, not only is he on the card, but he has a chance to become the TNT champion. That's a big deal for me personally. Both men have really, really done a service to each other. Let me see. I just want to see if the... Actually, face each other. They, I think they. I believe they did. Yep, Fighter Fest, Fighter Fest 2019, Fighter Fest 2019. I believe Cody came out on top with that. Uh, if I no, that was the draw. That was the draw, and then Cody faced uh, Darby in the uh, TNT Championship tournament. I remember that. Yo. Yeah, I remember. Okay. So, in a sense, they faced each other. So, yeah, because they had a 20-minute draw. And then, uh, yeah, and then, of course, they faced each other at homecoming. Yeah, they've had a, they've had a bit of, they got a bit of history. Yeah, I kind of figured, I knew they faced each other a couple times. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. Yeah, so it's one. It's one of those. It's definitely. It's definitely one of those. He's putting in a lot of work to get to where he is. He really has, and I think, and, and this could be one of those nights where Darby Allen might become a champion. I really do believe that. I really do think it could be his night next Saturday night. Who knows? Um, we'll see what happens next week on the go home show and, um, we'll see what happens when I make my picks. But I mean, safe to say, I think that Darby Allen could be in a position to become AEW world champion. Now going into next week's go home show, we have a few matches, um, pretty much that, that aren't on the card, that aren't going to be on the card. And one match I hope was going to be on the buy-in at least. You know what I'm saying? I was really hoping for a uh, 
ooh, excuse me, a better card for uh, next week, but I understand. So, of course, um, Chris Jericho's going to be on commentary, and uh, he's going to be uh, probably what, especially, he's going to be on commentary all ne- uh, on, on Wednesday night. Uh, he'll be, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll be watching the match between uh, Sammy Guevara and Ortiz versus MJF and Wardlow. Uh, Miro and Trent are going to go one-on-one um, after the attack that uh, Miro and Kip Sabian had on the best friends uh, last week. And, of course, Penelope looking for Penelope Ford looking clean in the Orange Cassidy gear. Nothing wrong with that. Um, Scorpio Sky and Sean Spears are going to have a match, um, especially after the uh, little feud they've been having as of late, uh, especially with um, Scorpio Sky in a bull costume uh, throwing candy at Sean Spears. And then um, Spears looking to hit uh, use the uh, loaded glove on Mr. Scorpio Sky, but Scorpio Sky caught him in the act, hit the TKO, and they're going to have a match next week. Uh, you see Gun Club, of course, during Cody's uh, championship matchup against Orange Cassidy, um, stepping up against the Dark Order. They're now in a six-man tag team match. It's going to be Cody, Billy, and Austin Gunn taking on the Dark Order's Preston Vance, John Silver, and Boom Boom Colt Cabana. Uh, considering the fact that Alex Reynolds is still out with injury, um, not surprised that they put Cole Cabana in his place. Um, and and actually, before their I Quit match next Saturday night, Champion and Challenger are going to have one last face to face. Moxley, Kingston, same ring, same time, face to face. Two days before, actually three days before. I'm sorry. AEW full gear. A lot of fireworks can go down in just that segment alone. Um, this is going to be a lot to take in next week. Of course, you got the whole MJF Chris Jericho thing going on. Uh, Miro and Kip Sabian are now starting to get into their deal, and the best friends, I'm sure, will be their first uh, opponent, first feud in the tag team division. Scorpio Sky and Sean Spears will have their, uh, I guess, penultimate matchup to you know for this particular feud. And the Gun Club actually going to get some shine. Billy Gunn. And his son Austin are going to be in the ring, so and we don't see them often. But usually, see, usually you would see them on AEW Dark um, in a matchup. So that's pretty much what we've got going on next week. I would say this looks to be a, I would say run of the mill uh, go home show. They don't want to give everything away, nor should they. Um, WWE take notes, and um, this is gonna be. It's one of those. It's one of those things where you know what, we're okay with that. Should be a very solid, good go-home show. Uh, tying up all the loose ends before we go into full gear next Saturday night. Should be a doozy. Should be a good one. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude episode 268 of the YLP Podcast. When we come back, we're going to close out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 269. And I'll explain the upcoming schedule for next week. I'll explain all of that. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 268 of the YLP Podcast. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Of course, 
If you have any thoughts, concerns, opinions, or anything of the like, do not hesitate to hit me up over for this voice message on anchor.fm slash Lions perspective, anchor.fm slash Radio. Leave me a comment over on ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. And if you would be so kind as to leave me an email over at younglionsperspective at gmail.com, I would greatly and truly appreciate that as well. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend and tell a friend about the YLP podcast. Share this episode across all of your social media, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the Twitters, all the alt tech, including Gavin Parler. Slide in your friends' DMs with this episode. Send in a text message if you must. And of course, make sure you utilize your Facebook Messenger as well. Anyway, you can get the episode out there, spread it across the entire world. I would greatly and truly appreciate all of that because one person gets to hear it, gives it to a friend, gets it to another friend. That's two extra people that just listen to this episode of the podcast, but also gets them into the Wrestle Addict Radio squadron and brings them over and gets to see you Fretzelmania, and of course, the Kings of the Rings podcast, and don't you dare forget the Delight Show with Man's Chapel. For sure. Because, you know, in these unprecedented quarantine times, we here at WrestleMania Radio, as always, try to do our best to provide a very strong value entertainment every single day as much as we possibly can. And, you know, whether you're coming home from work, you're at work, you're, you know, trying to just relax your mind after a hard day of doing whatever it is that you do. You want to be that grandma hug, that warm, warm, cozy, wonderful blanket that you can cozy up to while you watch football or anything of the like and try to bring a solid episode every single time we bring ourselves to the forefront. Because with the Kings of the Rings podcast, the Wild podcast, the Friends of Media podcast, and don't you dare forget about the Delight Show with Man's Chapel. We here at Wrestle Addict Radio. Wrestle Addict Radio. I say words today. Swear on everything. Are here. We are ready to go. Ready, willing, and gable. Ricky's going to appreciate that. And we start to be the best at what we do to not only be the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast, but we want to be 100%, without a doubt, undisputed, without question, then, now, and forever, the alternative for professional wrestling podcasts, and that we are here to stay and everyone knows you know we're you know most of y'all do not listen to this podcast on the anchor app that's perfectly fine you're not hurting my feelings as long as you're listening to it i appreciate it but everyone has their favorite app to listen to podcast on for their podcast listening needs but if you think for one second my friend you are simply just going to catch us on ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com Anchor.fm. I mean, come on, man. Come on, Brett. You know, you know. You know what we about. We expand in Pimpin'. And that means we now have a partnership with Amazon Music and Audible. Okay? Yes, we have partnered up with Amazon Music. It is a big deal for all of us involved in the WrestleMania Radio family. It's a big deal for you guys, too. If you happen to have Amazon Music, you're not able to listen to podcasts. So make sure you listen to this episode of the podcast. Listen to all of our podcasts across the board, even for Audible fans. I know there's hundreds of thousands of audio books that are on there, but now they have added podcasts as well, and we get to be part of that movement. So make sure if you're on Amazon Music or on Audible, okay, listen to our podcast. Give us a solid rating. Give us a good comment. We would appreciate it more than you'll ever know. And of course, you can find all of our podcasts across several different platforms, including. Apple Podcast, 
Google Podcast, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Podbean, Overcast, CastBox FM, Breaker, Radio Public, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old spot of five. Bam! Search for all of our podcasts across all these different platforms, and you should have no problem finding us whatsoever. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast, you know I'm quite active on the social media nowadays. And of course, you want to find me over on the Twitter sphere, you can find me at my new Twitter handle at YL Perspective. That's capital YLP Perspective. You can catch me live tweeting on Wednesday nights with AEW Dynamite every Friday night with SmackDown Live, unless I have a prior obligation to attend to, which I will tell you guys prior to uh, the show going down. Every WWE live pay-per-view, every AEW live pay-per-view, and more than likely I will be doing full gear, but I'll keep you guys up to date on that, and I'll explain why in just a little bit. Every NXT and NXT UK TakeOver special, and when it's 3.30 in the morning and I've gone to the bathroom and can't seem to go back to sleep on a Saturday, I do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. If you want to find me over on the Instagram side of things, the mothership and hub of everything that is YLP, I can be found over there. Just make sure you search for at young underscore lions underscore perspective, and you can get all the updates and stuff that I do on over there. 60 second thought videos, updates on shows that have gone down during the week, all that good stuff. And I can be found on Facebook as well, even though I kind of wanted to delete it nine months ago. Thank goodness I did it. Because you can find me over there at Young Lions Perspective, all one word, or simply search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Like the page, share the page, and make damn sure that you follow the page. We have over 100 followers in that page, and I greatly, truly appreciate all of your guys' love and support. And of course, my Instagram posts link up with my Facebook post, so that's always good there. So you'll get all of the Instagram posts that I do linking up with my Facebook. So you get it's a pretty much a one-stop shop in terms of Instagram and Facebook. Follow me on all these platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast. And I look over to the, the judges to ensure I fulfill my obligations for this week. Looking over to the country of part of my origin, the Czech Republic. And I believe I'm getting the thumbs up. So that's going to make me good for the week. So here's going to be the updated schedule for this coming week. Now, as I said a little bit earlier, um, the schedule is going to be a little bit different. So Monday, there will be no show. There will be no looking forward to episode 269 of the YLP podcast on Monday. I got some things to do on Sunday and it kind of carries over into Monday. So no episode 269 on Monday. Episode 269, though. Uh, a brand new episode of last week. This week will be taking place on Tuesday as scheduled. Ten, Tuesday, 10 a.m., no problems. All that good stuff. You'll get my uh, thoughts about last week's episode, well, this past week's episode of NXT, and then get you primed and ready for the fallout from NXT Halloween Havoc. That should be a doozy. And from what I've heard, Shotzi Blackheart was looking all types of good. On Wednesday night, I have seen the picture in, oh, sweet dear baby Jesus, we're going to be talking about that for sure for about 10 fucking minutes. I kid, I kid, psych, I lied. Um, so we'll be, we'll be discussing that and getting me primed and ready for what's going to be going down on Wednesday night. So then that leaves Friday. And of course, Friday will be going down as normally scheduled Friday at 10 a.m. with a brand new episode of Light the Fuse. We're going to talk about the go-home show. From AEW Dynamite next week, 
And of course, you know, like I got to give y'all my AEW full gear preview and predictions for episode 270 of the podcast. That's going to be a freaking doozy. All right. So that's the schedule for next week. You're going to get a show on Tuesday. You'll get a show on Friday. There's no show on Monday. I got things going on. Plus, I got vacation coming up, so I got to take some care, care of some things that, with that as well. Once we finish 270, that's going to be it for me until November 16th. I am going to be going on vacation to Denver again. Um, I like to keep things transparent with you guys and you know what's going on in my life a little bit. So after 270, there will be no show until at least November, uh, November 17th. So November 7th will be the last show, at least for the time being, and then I will come back same schedule as the, uh, next week coming up, Tuesday and Friday. And then on the 23rd, we'll be back to the swing of things. It's Thanksgiving week. So that's going to be a fun time with that as well. Should be a good time. So bear with me as we got that. Other than that, guys, y'all know it's the weekend. It's Friday. I want you guys to be safe as always. Enjoy your weekend. Don't do anything too crazy. If you're going to go out to the bars and stuff, uh, make sure you uh, you know take that Uber or Lyft home as as you should, unless you want to face at least $10,000 worth of fines and court fees, then that is not fun for you. And then, uh, yeah, you're going to look like Booboo the Fool in this mofuck boy. I'm just going to let y'all know that right now. Um, enjoy time. Enjoy your Halloween as best as you possibly can. I know uh, the pundits be out there talking about, oh, you can't have a haunted house and shit. Shut the fuck up. Um, enjoy your Halloween as best as you possibly can. If you have to wear a fucking mask, if you have to socially distance, that's just me saying curse words. I'm not trying to be a dickhead about this shit. Um, other than that, guys, enjoy your Halloween as best as you possibly can. Enjoy the time you spend with that. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the foosball. Because, you know, Yeboy is a big football fan and Penn State's going to be playing Ohio State this weekend. And, of course, Seattle Seahawks. Going to be playing the rival of Seattle, uh, not Seattle, the San Francisco 49ers. So that's going to be a big, it's a big weekend for me. And I'm going to be doing a lot of raging at my television. Pray for me as always. And other than that, guys, enjoy your weekend. And I'll see you guys right back here Tuesday at 10 a.m. for episode 269 of the YLP Podcast. See you. Go Hawks. This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.